Imagine being a young kid. It's one of the first times being away from home. You're super excited to get out, you get to be with all your friends, and you're going to one of the best places you can think of. This place has it all. Community, love, your friends, and really good times. And of course I'm talking about cheerleading camp. Bet you guys weren't expecting that now, were you? <laughs> no, they were probably thinking of like Friday the 13th. Eh, maybe, I don't know. But speaking of uh, fun slashers... Today we are going to be talking about a um, very low-budget film <laughs> that I happened to find. And, an understatement of the year. Uh, you know, as much as this movie is low-budget, it was very entertaining to watch. It gave me a much like a, uh, a rubber, thanks-killing, Sharknado-esque vibe, where you know it's completely ridiculous, but it's so funny to watch. And we're talking about the movie Spirit Camp. Spirit Camp, in the tagline, is literally Bring It On meets Friday the 13th, and I think that is, like, an iconic combination of movies. It takes the worst part of those movies and brings them together and forms them into something so much worse than anyone could ever handle. I thought it was pretty funny, and I I feel like the director knew it was meant to be ridiculous, there are so many crazy sound effects in this movie. Like, someone would pull something out, and you would hear a boom boom like, type of noise. <laughs> and, like, it was just, like, a lot of random things like that. So I think when you're adding in those sound effects, you know it's not going to be 100% serious. Or he tried and completely failed. That's very much a possibility. But I would like to think, as a filmmaker myself, that he knew what he was doing. All right, you want to get into a little bit of a synopsis? Yeah, so our film starts off with a bunch of, how I can say, dumb cheerleaders. You know, the stereotypical starts off with five cheerleaders who are... Going to spirit camp. Oh, God. (laughs) Apparently, there's only six girls on this cheer squad from, like, a Beverly Hills country-esque? Yeah, like, super suburban area. Yeah, and yet they all have, like, southern accents, and... I didn't really hear southern accents. Maybe, like, the local townspeople, but not out of the main girls. I could hear a little bit of an accent from some of Mm. them. I think the main girl, when I looked up her information on IMDb, I think she was, like, from Texas or something. That might have been it. I could be completely wrong. Don't quote me on it. Yeah, so four of these five are from, like, a really ritzy suburban area, and they look down on the main character, who is not from there, and she's supposed to be on, like, this parole thing. She's got a checkered past. She's been in juvie. She has short dyed blonde hair that's stuck up in bobby pins and tattoos everywhere, and... But the one thing I will give the movie props for is, I want to say it was made in 2009, but with it being a slasher movie, they fit all the stereotypes and, like, all the tropes pretty well. All of them were supposed to be that flirtatious... Promiscuous character. Yeah. And then all of them, or at least three of them that I can count, no, more, have that, like, druggy sense. Like, that whole thing. The druggy sense? (laughs) The, The stoner. That's what it is. I couldn't think of that word for a second. Well, no, but when it comes to slasher films, there's a weird feminality with it where 
the slasher is supposed to punish all these girls. It's actually interesting. I did a whole article on it in one of my film analysis papers about how porn and slasher films are kind of the same thing. <laughs> Got an A on that paper. <laughs> you get A's on all your papers. Right. But basically, the reason why I'm saying that is because typically in slasher films, the girls are meant to be punished because they are sleeping around with people. They're drinking. They're doing drugs. Like... All these people are doing these bad things, so the big bad killer needs to punish them. What about some of the guys, though? Yeah, it kind of fits in the same way. But for the most part, when you think of slasher films, it's always kind of like girls running. You have your final girl trope. In Halloween, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori. You have Friday the 13th. I'm blanking on her name, but same deal. It's slashers, you need that leading female character. Alien was Sigourney Weaver. And with the leading lady... The final girl, she basically has to either, most of the time, make it out at the end, but she doesn't have to. The final girl can die. She just has to be the last to die. She has to be the last to die. And final girl typically has a more masculine appearance. So if we're looking at our main girl in a in spirit camp, she has her hair pinned up in bobby pins to make it look shorter, almost kind of like a faux hawk kind of. She has tattoos and piercings where all the other girls are all like the little happy ditzy cheerleaders that are drinking, smoking, trying to get laid. (laughs) Basically. And all the other cheerleaders don't want to get their pretty little hands dirty while the main character literally says that she's not afraid to get dirty. And she's not afraid of a little dirt. Right. Which is how you know you have your final girl. Because she's always the one that stands out and is the more tomboyish of the characters. And she does live at the end. Does she, though? Spoilers. Maybe-ish. This whole podcast episode's gonna be spoiler. <laughs> it's the final scare. Right. And there's always a final scare in Slashers. In Friday the 13th, you had Jason jumping out of the water. And Halloween, it's the body disappearing. Nightmare on Elm Street, the car, and him pulling the mom through the window of the door. And in the movie Spirit Camp, our final girl, Nikki, basically is in the hospital on the gurney. Dumb redneck cops like, no, it wasn't the person you're saying it is. It's actually this other person that we caught. Even though the serial killer gets wheeled into the hospital bed right next to her and he opens his eyes and stares at her. (laughs) Final scare. They're in the same hospital room. Literally right next to each other. Yeah. How did he survive, though? That's just movie magic? Yeah, the killer never dies. That's how you get sequels. I don't know if there's a sequel to this. If there was, I would totally watch it, but there's probably not. (laughs) This is my second time watching Spirit Camp today. I watched this movie earlier, trying to find something scary for us to do our podcast on. And then I started watching, I was like, I need to show this to Tori. And then when Tori came home today, I was like, well... Found what we're doing our uh, subject this week on. <laughs> oh, I regret God. nothing. It was fantastic. I cannot get some of the characters out of my head. Such as? I don't want to call her the head cheerleader because I'm pretty sure Pigtails was. Well, she was like the happy-go-lucky one. She was. She was the very bubbly, you know, everyone get along. Um, still a little, like, airheadish. Right. But this one girl that I'm talking about was the mean girl, basically, of the squad. Her name was Rachel, by the way. Rachel. Yes. How she always acted towards everyone, where it's like, she really did fit that mean girl role, while also playing like a 
airhead and flirtatious, promiscuous girl. But, like, all, again, all of them were promiscuous. There were so many sex jokes in this movie. Oh, my God. A Even seven, the little seven-year-old yeah, sister. Seven-year-old sister made <laughs> a sex joke. And it was just like, oh, my God. There was not a lot of um, things that stood out in terms of character traits for the women written in this movie. <laughs> no. Literally, no. There's the main girl, which is the more tomboyish she's the outcast she hasn't been friends with the other girls basically is only doing cheer to get on or get off of parole or whatever then there's the head like mean girl rachel rachel who literally just blames everyone for everything and makes fun of everyone oh like one of the scenes was her and her friend missy the like the pigtail super peppy cheerleader Mm -hmm. they're smoking pot in the cabin and like one of the counselors walks in and catches him, and Rachel, like, completely blames her friends. Like, it's not mine, even though she was the one that gave him all the pot. The counselor was so... Oh, my God. She kind of deserved to die. Like, <laughs> she, at one point, she took away the alcohol that Rachel had in her bag, but then continued to drink it at her own cabin with her gay best friend co-leader... Co-counselor. Yeah, co-counselor. Oh my god, that was so funny though. After like belittling all the girls, you know what alcohol does to your body? It's gonna lead to like, you know, having a bunch of kids, drug addiction, blah 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 blah. And next thing you know, you're gonna be 30, lonely, and sad, or whatever. If you don't do that, you could be like me. And then immediately walks out of the cabin and starts chugging the bottle (laughs) of Jack. Like, oh my god. And she did the same thing with the weed, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. So it's kind of funny watching her die. A little bit, yeah. But again, that comes back to the whole punishment in the slasher genre. All these characters are terrible people that have to be punished. (laughs) Through death and murder. What was really the punishment for, like, the pigtail girl, though? Well, she was kind of insulting to some some of the girls, but she was, like, the nicer of the bunch, I guess. Yeah, I feel like she, out of everyone, deserved to die less. Like, she kind of just wanted to be a little cool going around with what her friends were doing. Yeah. Kind of laughing. But at the same time, she wanted to include Nikki in other things. and And her whole thing was, like, being the best cheer squad. Being inclusive. Yeah, everyone comes from different backgrounds, but we're all here together as a team, as a squad. Oh my god, that pep speech that she did for all of them, I was just rolling my eyes out. Right? (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It was really funny. Oh my god. And these actresses, you have to understand, they are not A-list celebrities. They're not even B- or C-list celebrities. These girls are acting like, oh my god, like, really? Like, such bad acting. Well, that's where I feel like it had to have been over the top to a bit where they might have been doing that on purpose. You think? I, I hope so. I really hope that's the case. So you think that it was more of the director's choice than the actresses? Yeah, I feel like it would be a director thing where he wants them to act a certain way. You know, he wants them to be the dumb cheerleaders mm-hmm. that are getting in trouble. And then, uh, you know, writing... Acting, how the actor perceives the role as well. It's a big mix of things. You've mm-hmm. acted my stuff. You yeah, get it. <laughs> luckily you haven't made me the, uh... I made you the ditzy one. Yeah. I did. In my monster movie. It was <sighs> terrible. 
full on with me doing the whole tripping and getting dragged away gag. Yeah, but I wanted you to die a different way. We just didn't have the actual physical equipment to pull off my stunt in the end. It was, Sadly. Yeah. It was a bummer. Anyways. My vest still has the dirt mark on it. Oh, yeah. We dragged Tori through, like, a dark, like, dirt road at one point. It was actually kind of fun. It was pretty <laughs> fun. Oh, no. I loved and hated that night. We were up, like... Oh, yeah. We filmed for, like, 16 hours. Yeah. We have a lot of good memories of the filming, but there were also some really bad things that happened. Not oh. going to go into too much detail on oh, that. Oh, yeah. No. It was a... It was chaos. Oh, God. None of it planned either. Like, well, we went into so much planning, but, like, all the stuff was just, like, like weather, destruction, things going missing, people not being able to make it, literally day of filming. Yeah, so cars breaking things. down. Cars trees breaking falling down. down. We had to throw a tree off the side of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. It's pretty, it was a good time. It was fun. <laughs> but anyway, so let's get back to Spirit Camp, though. What was your favorite scene in Spirit Camp? I don't know. That's actually kind of hard. Ooh, no, I know. When Rachel, Nikki, and the girl with the pigtails, it's all about... Oh, Missy. Missy. Um, when those three are, like, the last three left, and, you know, at one point, Missy is like, hey, like, we need to split up. Like, the boys' camp is just across the river. Also, we didn't see any other male cheerleaders besides... The one camp counselor. And his boyfriend that we don't know what happened to That they snuck away for. Like, we see the the one camp, the main male camp counselor dead, but not the other one, which is really confusing. Because it makes me wonder if he went over to the boys camp and just slaughtered all the boy cheerleaders. I think it would have been so much better for the girls to basically walk into a room and see, like, all of the bodies of the male cheerleaders. Yeah. Just dead, hacked up, whatever. But anyway, when they're at the river before they split up, all of the looks that Nikki was giving Rachel, because Rachel was fighting back, like, no, we need to, I'm not, I'm not going across the river. Are you kidding me? It's dirty and it's cold and blah, 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 blah. And we're all going to die anyway. And you just see Nikki's face of, are you serious? (laughs) You want to stay here with a psychopath instead of swim across? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think Rachel at one point tries to act like a little high and mighty. And again, Nikki's like, are you kidding me? Right. Like, she doesn't say it verbally, but you can see it in her stance. Oh, yeah. And in her eyes. And I think that was the most memorable scene for me. Just the, are you kidding me? But then it turns out Rachel can't swim. That's why Missy... Was that part of that? Yeah, that's why Missy swam across. Because she was like, fine, you guys, you two stay here. I'll go get help. And then she tried swimming across the river and then... She died. Well, slasher, most people are going to die. Yeah. Except the final girl, sometimes. Sometimes. I love the slasher genre. Out of all the horror, it's probably my favorite. Just because, I'm, well, I mean, when I did my horror film class at university, it was just such a fascinating, all of them were so fun, and they all have the same tropes, so it's entertaining. Yeah. This one just blended all slash most of the tropes together. Yeah. Like, I would say Missy, the super peppy cheerleader, would be kind of the closest to the, like, the scholar character, or, like, the nerd, because she's, like, the nicer one, and, like, the most wise, because she's, you know, she's talking about diversity and coming together, and da-da-da-da-da. What about the one with the boyfriend that comes to camp? So, okay, so for them, I would say that, 
and I'm blanking on the girl with the boyfriend, but she would be closer to the promiscuous character archetype where her boyfriend would be like the jock. Because she can't go four hours without seeing her lovely boyfriend. I know. Oh, my God. High schoolers like that just oh my God. are ridiculous. You mean we're going to be apart for a week? I can't wait that long. Oh, no. Although one thing that does redeem her is that she has safe sex. <laughs> she makes sure That's true. to have that. And then the jock had to... um. Oh, God, that was disgusting. Yeah, we won't say that out loud. But uh, God. it was a not very friend, family-friendly moment. <laughs> and that's why you can't trust high school boys. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me twice. <laughs> right. So then I guess by that logic, then, Rachel, the, the mean one, I feel like would kind of be like the stoner or the partier. Because she was the one that brought all the liquor and the pot to the camp. Okay, but what about... I, I kind of feel bad calling her this, but what about the fat girl? The one that dies, like, right in the beginning when they get there. I would probably say the comical one. Because typically in slasher films, kind of like in Friday the 13th, the heavier set guys are always, like, the comedians. True. And they made a bunch of fat jokes about this girl. I feel bad. Some of them are just like, uh, come on. What about the... Gonna go through all the characters right now. Let's go. Oh, yeah. The one that gets dropped off by her mom, the redhead, was it Monica? Yeah, so she would be the first victim, essentially. Well, no. They have that two-year thing where... Oh, my God. Can we talk about this opening scene? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because you know how in slasher movies, like Scream or something, there's always that first victim that dies. That's typically a girl getting herself into trouble of some sorts. Mm-hmm. It starts off with a bunch of cheerleaders and, like, male cheerleaders around a campfire. And then the one opening victim girl, she's, like, seductively eating this marshmallow and, like, flirting with one of the boy cheerleaders. And then, like, she grabs him. They run off into the woods together. And, like, she immediately starts stripping naked. And, like, she's, like, grabbing his hands and putting him on her. And the kid's just like, no, this is moving too fast. And he just leaves. (laughs) And then she gets, like, super frustrated, puts her clothes back on, starts walking. And then that's when the killer comes and gets her. Well, one of the things that I love about that scene, I think it's, like, the best part, is the line that she says after the guy runs away, which is, what does a girl have to do to get laid? ridiculous it really is iconic screenwriting but it fits the movie so well because i feel like there are just a bunch of quotes that this writer put together and it's like oh this is gonna make an awesome and funny movie like no some of them have such cheesy lines and that's what i mean where like it really set the tone for the movie because that's like literally the first two minutes Mm -hmm. and you just kind of know it's like oh my god this is gonna be like Kind of a funny movie. <laughs> kind of funny, kind of ridiculous, kind of what did I just watch? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, a wide mix of emotions, but I love any type of horror film, even like the really bad ones, like Rubber, Trolls. I love Gremlins. Gremlins isn't bad, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think I actually had nightmares about Gremlins when I was younger. Really? Yeah, well... Didn't you have a gizmo toy? Yeah, that little haunted thing. I love it. It's cute. Haunted? 
Oh, yeah. Do you not know the story of that? I feel like you told me, but feel free to tell the audience. All right. So, literally, I have this little gizmo mogwai toy, and my sister and I got it. I don't even know when. At one point in our childhood, we just started getting so freaked out about it. So, we tried putting it in the trash can. It ended up somehow on our couch. We tried, like, burning it. Didn't work. We tried burying it. Didn't work. It always came back. Did you ever think that it was your mom and dad just messing with you? Oh, 100%. I feel like it was your mom and dad just messing with you. <laughs> Probably, but it's a great story to tell, and I love this guy. It's a, it's a really wrecked gizmo, stuffed animal, plushy thing. I know, but I love him. It's like that childhood like stuffed animal of yours that's so worn down but you're like oh i have so many good memories with this thing mine was a uh which wasn't even mine to begin with i want to say it was tara's at first my sister's but it was a kenny like stuffed person toy thing from south park it was like the zombie kenny from like one of the first seasons and you could just basically knock off his head and his head had a string attached to it so you could reattach his head to his body those were my stuffed animals growing up but, yeah, once my little cousin gets a little older, I'm going to show him that little toy as well. I gave him a Chucky plushie. You are the worst. Uh, my family loves horror. He has to become, like, associated with it at some point. Start him off young. <laughs> I feel so bad for that kid. So did you say your favorite scene? So my favorite scene would probably be the giant fiery explosion at the end. Just because the CGI is oh just so ridiculous. Nikki basically is, like, running away from the killer. Like, she threw gasoline down, and there's, like, all those explosives. As she's running out, she jumps out of the building as it explodes, and it's, like, such CGI fire. Yeah, but you also kind of expect that from even the first scene with the axe coming down in front of the moon setting. Oh, yeah. No, and, yeah, they kept reusing that same backplate of the moon, and it's like you see a little bit of the tree shifting. And I <laughs> I went online and I'm pretty sure I found that exact same one for like two bucks on um, this one. Well, one of the film sites that I always use. Mm-hmm. But when I saw it in the movie, I was like, this looks familiar. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man. One thing that I'm kind of curious about is the owner of the camp, she has this whole speech for the girls about basically the rules right and one of them i think she says that there were supposed to be mines around like explosive mines right and you would expect to see those mines or or see someone get blown up by one of these things well we kind of did we saw we saw dynamite exploding yeah but i don't think they use dynamite in mines do they no yeah back in the day do they oh absolutely that's how a lot of mines were made. They literally, like, would use pickaxes, shovels, and, like, dynamite to blow holes in the mountains. I don't know what the process is today. I imagine it's something similar if they need to make a tunnel through a mountain. But that's what they used to do way back in the day. I'm just flashing back to Kingsman Golden Circle and that mine that they find. Oh, like versus... landmines? Yeah. Because that's what I was kind of expecting. No, landmines are military stuff. They're talking, like, mines, like... You know, like pickaxing, getting coal out of the mines, like those type of mines. Oh, okay. Then I, <laughs> I guess I combined mines with explosives. 
that they use in the... Okay. Yeah, no, the explosives with, like, the dynamite in the movie. Okay, so that clears that up for me. <laughs> the more you know, shooting star. My God. <laughs> Back in the 1700s, they had landmines that they used to blow whole mountains. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Such advanced technology. But no, like, the straight-up, like, TNT pushbox things, like, those are real. That legit yeah, what they used. Yeah, because they would um, spark... Was it beneath the box? And then there was that whole wire. line yeah. wire that led to all the explosives. Yeah. I did that on Red Dead Redemption the other day. <laughs> that you did. Anyways, Spirit Camp, I thought was a fantastic movie. It's super campy and funny. It's definitely not an award-worthy maybe thing, but it's like if you enjoy really ridiculous horror movies like Sharknado, Go Shark, things like that. Or if you have some friends to watch this movie with, you guys can just... Eat some popcorn and, and... have a good time. <laughs> yeah, just make fun of it and... Because Tori and I were cracking up during it. Yeah. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts, Tori? Ooh, the only thing I can really think of is the owner's last words. When she hands the shotgun to the camp counselors, is like, I'll be back, or um, like, I need to go get some ammunition for the gun, blah, blah, blah. I'll be back soon. And I flashed to Scream, where they're all in the I'll house for right the party. Back. Exactly. Like, that is a line you never want to say in a horror movie. Especially a slasher. Exactly. I'll be right back is death words. But although, speaking of the, uh, like the head owner of the camp, that was one thing I did appreciate, because her name was Mrs. Haddonfield, which is a reference to Halloween, where Haddonfield was the city that michael myers murdered in well so is camp loomis exactly named after dr loomis i thought it was a nice nod to halloween because you know it's literally i can't think of many modern day slasher movies like hatchet is one but even then it's not the greatest but if you're not counting remakes of like halloween and friday the 13th i there's not really much for the slasher genre anymore well i guess they're not slasher-ish but i was thinking of midsummer that's not a slasher movie, though. No? No. And, again, like, the only slasher movies that come out nowadays are kind of just, like, remakes. Like, Child's Play, that was a remake. Well, I think there's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out. But, like, there's nothing really new or, or original that I know of. Which is why, when I saw this was made in, like, 2009, I want to say, it, it was kind of refreshing. Because I'm like, alright, let's bring back the slasher genre. I'm for it. They're fun movies. Nightmare on Elm Street. Fantastic. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We had a great time talking about slasher movies. Yes, we did. Oh, my God. We need to watch more of them. We do. <laughs> that being said, make sure you guys share this episode. Click any like button, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Patreon, Twitter, Instagram. We're on it all. Check us out. Tell your friends. <laughs> Comment, like, subscribe. If you guys have any slasher or horror movies that you guys want us to review or any local legends, we will be happy to do some research on those and get an episode out. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys. <laughs>